Hello, hello, and welcome to the Embody Your Soul podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Shelley, also known as the Modern Medium. And the mission of this podcast is to create a space for us to get real comfy and discover how we can tap in to our divine self through spiritual connection and best practices. If you are new here, thank you so, oh, so, so, so much for finding me. And if you are a regular listener, thank you oh, so, so, so much for coming back every week to listen in on the magic. Make sure you give me a follow wherever you love to listen, along with my other platforms, Instagram and TikTok, at the modern medium underscore. When you are ready and feel called to book a reading with me, head to my website at themodernmedium.co. I have payment plans available. I have a couple one-off readings available. I have private readings along with spiritual guidance, which is a packaged reading. And I am just so excited to be your spiritual guide, healer, BFF, cheerleader, everything in between. If you ever have any questions at all, email me at hello at themodernmedium.co. And if you leave a written review, screenshot it and DM it to me or email it to me, you will win a free 30-minute reading. I am also putting a cap to these readings. So the first three people that leave a review in the month of October will get a free reading and that will be so on for the next coming months. So make sure to definitely not miss out and Again, I am so, so excited to get to know you all and just keep building this community. It is such an honor and such a pleasure. Oh, you guys, hello. I am so excited to be here and sitting with you all or whatever you may be doing, driving, washing the dishes, dancing in your room, whatever. I am here for it. We're here for it. And it just means the world to me that, again, you come back and listen and I get to show up in this way and serve you. So I am really excited to introduce you to this next guest. I actually went to high school with her little brother and I've known her for a long time and we have run into each other through random moments. We ran into each other years ago. Honestly, I believe it was during lockdown, like height of the pandemic on the beach and we were catching up and we realized that we have just been both going on this beautiful deep spiritual path and then months ago we ran into each other again and we were freaking out again because obviously more has happened and now we have reconnected and we have been able to just dive deep truly and really get to know each other and of course this is the first of many beautiful discussions that her and i will have and oh my goodness so her name is avery ruda and she is a sunshine california goddess that has truly put spirit into cinematic motion she is an award-winning writer director and producer whose work in the entertainment industry has impacted social and spiritual change. She is also the CEO of Enlightened Productions, a production company committed to telling stories that shift and uplift global, global, shift and uplift global consciousness, engineering a kind of rainbow bridge between spirituality and storytelling. So in this episode, we talk about how to bring dreams into reality those action 
action steps that she took, how creativity is innately so deeply spiritual, and really how to bring these big ideas to life, the ideas that you truly, truly believe in. And of course, we get into her process of creating her award-winning film, Dreamcatcher, which literally won 14 awards, I can't, and actually played at the Chinese theater last week. And we also talk about these practices that kept her grounded, of course, as she's in an industry that is super cutthroat and really competitive and can be really combative. We also talk about the importance of building a solid community, not only within your work and your spiritual practice and in your friendships and family, but literally the community with yourself and with your divine team. And then we get into her upcoming projects. Oh my gosh, I was literally freaking out. She's doing a project with the storyline of Joan of Arc and bringing neurodivergent representation into the film industry. So you guys, this is such an expansive conversation and this is a beautiful discussion that you definitely want to listen in on if you are feeling honestly a lack of inspiration, if you are having a hard time bringing ideas to life, if you're unsure where to start, and also again, how to really hold your pose, how to hold your ground in you know, a space that can be really difficult Two, again, we are doing so many beautiful things in this world and something I say is you can be a spiritual being, you can be a being of whatever it is that is grounded and has deep values of love and kindness and bringing in change and living your soul purpose into the world, but you don't have to be a light worker. You don't have to be a medium. You can truly be a teacher, you can be a musician, you can be an artist, you can be a mailman. It's seriously about being able, again, something in a phrase I love and I actually adopted from Lindsay Simkick from the co-host of Almost 30, really holding the pose and holding and being in your grounded values and who you are and just being so deeply connected that being in any industry, being wherever you are, you are able to stay strong and you are able to be resilient. And I just loved listening to Avery. And again, so many more conversations between her and I. I am so excited to just dive deeper into her work and who she is. And just again, I love connecting with people like her and people like you. And Make sure to keep up with Avery and give her a follow at Avery Robinson Ruda on Instagram and you can learn all about her work and her projects and definitely make sure to watch her short animation Dreamcatcher. It is so stunning and again, you will hear more about it in the episode. Let's just get right to it. Okay, hello, Avery. I'm so excited to have you here. Everything is just so kismet, and the times that we have run into each other have just been so epic and so amazing. And honestly, listeners, this will be, I was just telling her and laughing about it, this will be selfishly like a candid catch-up because there is so much that we need to catch up on. And also, I am really eager to learn and introduce you all to her beautiful work in the film industry. So Avery, welcome, welcome. 
Thanks, baby. Thanks for having me. And yeah, I'm looking forward to just diving in with you. I know it's been so long, like we were saying, so long since we've actually gotten a chance to catch up. You know, we'll just see what comes through. I feel like it's always just going to be such a potent conversation. Uh, We are here for it. So I love starting off this podcast with this question. What does it mean in your own words to embody your soul? Mm. Wow, that is such a juicy question. I just felt that in my whole body. (laughs) Yeah. First of all, that should be a mantra that everybody wakes up with. Like a question, how am I embodying my soul today? For me, you know, the biggest the biggest blessing in embodying my soul, even though it comes with challenges in your, you know, in my life, in my career, certain aspects like have to work around my, my embodiment. It just, you know, you, you live, I live a life that resonates on a level that is fulfilling for my creativity and the life in which like I want to manifest for myself and for the collective. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of that embodiment is motivated by showing up as my higher self and inspiring others to do the same. Yes. Oh my gosh. And I love this question so much because I mean, people, of course, there's a similar vein, but everyone always answers it so differently. And it's so beautiful <laughs> to hear the different but. answers. I just live for it. So, oh my gosh, Avery. Okay. So I remember, what was it? Like two years ago or something. I know we ran into each other on the beach yeah. and I was telling you the work I was doing. And I think you're with your boyfriend too. And then the second time I ran into you was we were at the flea market and then we freaked out even more and your boyfriend was like, oh my God, you guys have to connect. And now we're here. So I need to hear what has been going on in your big, beautiful life. Wow. Since, oh my God. Well, <laughs> you know, I I guess we kind of haven't really gotten to chat since. So for those of you who don't know, Bibi and I have known each other for quite some time. Bibi went to high school with like my brother. I think you guys went to the same high school or like knew each other through circles in high school. So I've known Bibi since, I mean, what, like almost 10 years. And yeah, I guess, you know, past that, it's just, I studied film at Chapman University. And my passion has always been, you know, telling stories that shift and uplift people's minds, their hearts, and helping to just tell stories that create a better world for our children and our future. And so learning how to put that intention into craft and into technique was what Chapman taught me. And then from there, honestly, I was just working in the film industry for a few years, just like hustling and grinding and agencies and production companies and finally started working on shows. And I worked on a film for Bad Robot. And all of that was really fun. And I learned a lot, but it wasn't 
like I was making my own stuff. I was mostly just Mm -hmm. doing that on the side. But then I, you know, listened to the call and I I made my first short film, Dreamcatcher, which played at the Chinese theater last night, which was so fun. That was our second time playing at that iconic venue. And it's always such a blast. So yeah, after that, like I, I think I ran into you like right after I had finished touring for the film festival circuit, like after making the movie, after making a short film, what you do is you start submitting it to festivals and that's a way for people to see the movie and for you to get to talk about it and to meet other filmmakers because ultimately the field that we work in is built on collaboration and just this, you know, constant exchanging of ideas and and inspiration. And so getting to watch a bunch of movies, getting to show my movie, it's like, it was so fun. And so that was, you know, that, that'll happen like leading up to 2020. And then from there, you know, I, I'm working on a bunch of different projects, both for myself and for other producers that I'm working with. So it's just getting these things out the door because, you know, making that shift from working for someone else or working for yourself, really when you start working for yourself, for me as a writer and, you know, I have my own production company, it's like that shift requires a reframing of how you go about your business. And and it's definitely like a same amount of hustling, but, you know, you're you're your own boss and you, for me, like I just, I've been working on so many different things. Like since I last saw you, it's just like a lot of different scripts, a lot of different, you know, projects. So yeah, I can definitely speak more about all of it, but they're all in various stages. So. Oh my gosh. So amazing. And I really want to hear because I know I have, I feel we have our all everyone has their own story of how the calling goes and they're always yeah. so beautiful. So I want to hear how how did yours come about and how is that call from spirit to pursue what you are meant to pursue? Mm, okay. Well, I can remember like being 8 years old around there and I always loved writing poetry, sort of in the vein of Shel Silverstein. And I remember sitting at my desk as like a little nugget, just knowing that this is my calling. And it wasn't ever, it, I guess I just never allowed myself to sow the seeds of doubt in my heart. And I attribute that to my parents and the atmosphere that they created for us growing up, which was very you know, they were very supportive of dream chasing and and using your creativity to, you know, motivate and fulfill what what dreams that you you have for yourself on a on a tangible level. So yeah, I was just I felt really supported in pursuing film, which ultimately like it shapeshifted from poems for children to Pixar movies for children. So I guess I I don't know exactly how that shifted, but I've always been into entertainment. I've always been a theater kid. And I think seeing how like, you know, stories could be portrayed on stage and on the screen, like working 
um, like being in the theater programs and coming to Hollywood and like pursuing acting for a while and then going to film school and all of these things just sort of like all of those different steps, you know, were the call in the same kind. It's like you're just following divine guidance. And um, yeah, when it comes to like actually making movies, it's the same process. So I'm just lucky that I listened to the call at a young age and and on, honestly that like my parents supported that, you know. Oh my God. Yeah, that is so huge. And I was just mulling over the fact how – I mean, it's just, it just makes so much sense because your dad is really in building community political work and then your mom writes stories that, of course, I mean, we, we both could agree books just bring people together. And then you are like this beautiful, like another beautiful faucet of bringing people together and enlightening the collective, which is so beautiful. And I'm just really curious because I know you're, you're another one of my friends who, I have a really dear friend named Kirsten, who's actually a good friend, Thalia, and she's in the film industry and she's, you know, a very devoted spiritual woman. And I want to know kind of how it may be, I'm sure it's a simple answer for you. And part of me is, ah, maybe this is a silly question, but honestly, how did you stand your ground in an industry that's pretty crazy? And I'm sure you deal with a lot and a lot of people and pushback. And I just want to hear how you were able to really stand your ground and just be in your divine pose and hold the pose and whatnot. (laughs) Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think it's relevant for so many creative people because, you know, if you are an artist, ultimately, like you have a strong tether to your spirit. That's being an artist is being spiritual. You're connected to source energy and you're channeling ideas down into this mainframe, into this matrix. So I think like this, this question is so, or this, just this idea of like, what does it mean to be a spiritual person in film, particularly in the film industry is like, you gotta be, I think, especially if you're a writer, a director, producer, actor, whatever, having that connection to spirit to be a vessel for ideas to flow through you for stories and character. You know, a lot of people practice that from like a method, a method or technique that they learn from a specialist, you know, an actor will learn from one of these, I don't know, like just they're a specialist. They like train actors for a living. So I mean, there's so many different ways to slice a pie. Is that what some of the metaphor is? I guess it's, you know, my favorite quote for this is Picasso's quote, which is inspiration exists, but it has to find you working. And when you're like, for, for the, like two levels of this, because I really believe that like there is nothing to distinguish between being creative and being spiritual. Like to me, they're very much the same thing. So having a spiritual practice is very supportive for the creative person. And like we have religions, but those to me just take you out of your own power. So being spiritual and being creative means you have to implement ways in which you're upkeeping the temple, you know, the space and the vessel. Because if you're just 
you know, not getting anywhere with your script or, or your passion project, whatever it is, it probably means that you haven't dropped into that frequency of being a vessel and being a channel for source to move through you. So, you know, that's on like the creative level, just for me is just having that spiritual practice, meditation, yoga, pulling oracle cards, you know, being in nature, anything, sound healing, all of it is just so intrinsic to my life. But then on the business level, there's a whole nother, you know, there's a whole nother journey there for how a spiritual person comes at this industry, like, because it's so combative and it's so competitive. It's the antithesis of being a monk, (laughs) like, of being someone who's more aligned with this loving compassion frequencies of Buddhism and unity consciousness. So, yeah, that's definitely, it's an interesting journey. I'm still mastering it. I think, as you know, Bibi, like there are so many tools at our disposal as spiritual people. So like really remembering that I had this tool belt and everything I learned from, you know, NLP um, to hypnotherapy to Reiki, all of these tools that I can implement in situations that seem like laced with negativity and, you know, in environments that there's just like a lot of sharks around you, which is basically Hollywood in a nutshell. You know, there it's a very um, a uh, yang yang and masculine energy out here. So just using those tools on on my tool belt as a spiritual person has been really helpful and is still like a constant reminder for me that they're there. I just have to remember to use them. <laughs> Yes. And honestly, I want to hear, and I feel this will be so valuable for listeners because you're someone who's not only put these idea into motion, but they have succeeded. And I feel so many people go through this and I've, I mean, I've been kind of experiencing a little bit of this stuckness. I know some of my dear friends and, you know, spiritual soul sisters have also been in this energy too. How have you moved through those energy blocks where you can be like, no, this is going to happen. And whether that's a technique or something you do, or I don't know. I also sometimes just like keep going and I'm like, just end this (laughs) (laughs) thing. It's like ideas, ideas, ideas. Like what am I trying to say? But no, I totally get where you're coming from. I I mean honestly the biggest thing that's helped me is like you said in the beginning, building community. So like join a yoga studio, you know, catch up with old friends who you know are aligned with you because when you talk to other people who are, you know, where you're at just in life because we're all young and we're hungry and we're trying to figure out what to do with our lives, having that community to to soundboard where you're at and see someone sitting across from you who's like going through the same thing just dissolves all of this, all of that stagnant energy because it moves through this union, this this collective frequency of healing and my experience. So like that was 
I mean, I joined a yoga studio and I was working there for a bit and I ended up hosting these like goddess gatherings where we'd all get together and talk about our feelings and our dreams and like our trauma because a lot of that stagnation comes from like unresolved trauma. And at the same time, that's that resistance is a portal into the growth edge that allows for a new experience and a new way of being to take hold and to breathe new inspiration into whatever you're working on. So I'm just like really into, you know, getting cozy with the things that make me uncomfortable and then like exploring that with my with my circle because ultimately it's all the same thing. It's energy. And if you're having some energy that feels sticky and and not it's not moving and it's not flowing that whatever energy creativity or taking action in your business or in your work using your voice all of that can just stem from unworthiness doubt fear and usually that comes from a place of trauma so another thing that's been supportive for me is having a soul coach Uh, Someone who like isn't a therapist, but someone who I can like vibe out with and they'll help me realign myself to because yeah, I think like the the moral of the story here is like you have to have people around you who support you and your dreams and aren't just going to like doubt you or, you know, try to compete with you or jealous of you because as women, that's very present still in our day and age and how women treat each other. So definitely surrounding yourself with good people, good friends, men or women. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I guess that would just be like the number one thing for me. And then outside of that, like when you have a good community or if you don't feel like you can, you know, really make that that connection right at this moment, just because of the state of the world feels a little mm-hmm. scary, then just like healing your inner child and calling in your higher self, those that can build a community within yourself too. So yeah, like, I mean, just that those channels to understand the self is really, really helpful in times that feel sticky and stagnant. Asking Mm. yourself, where is this coming from? You know, is this mine? Is this not mine? If it's not mine, then something you can do is just say, oh, energy, that does not belong to me. I lovingly return to sender. Mm -hmm. Unconditional love and all energy that belongs to me, I call back. I call back all my energy. And it's, Mm -hmm. you know, that there's so many energy vampires online and we don't even know it's happening. So, oh, my goodness. Yeah sovereignty that's the that's the main practice here yes holy moly and I love how you emphasize and it puts like a really good perspective and just image in my mind and I'm sure it will for our listeners too is not just the outer community but like there's community in here Mm -hmm. and I feel maybe for some at first they're thinking okay well 
what do you mean? Like community, like just my one heart. And it's like, no, our team and you you and your relationship with creativity, like that's a community Mm -hmm. and you and your mind, that's a community. So I love that you emphasize that. And now I want to get into your beautiful work and your ideas. So please share how the heck did you come up with this amazing, I am, film Dreamcatcher? How did it come to you? And I would just love to hear the process of it coming to life. Awesome. Yeah, I will definitely speak to that for (laughs) anyone who's listening and wants to make a film or wants to, you know, birth something into the world. Got to listen to that call because you never know where (laughs) it'll lead you. (laughs) You know, I had no idea. I had no idea where Dreamcatcher would lead me. I truly, like, I had hopes for it, but far exceeded what I had imagined for the film. So yeah, I I wanted to make Dreamcatcher. I had wanted to make it for a while because I really wanted to put something out there. I wanted to I wanted to see if I could do this, you know? You you have an idea and you write it down and then you find a team and you make it and then you put it out there. That's filmmaking. But not all the time do the films mate. And it's not that I was skeptical. I was just like objective. I was like, well, this will be a good test. So <laughs> I was like, I need to make a short film. And uh, yeah, I think I mentioned this, but Pixar has always been a big inspiration for me. They always had those little short films before their movies. I mean, they have them still, but they're just not as good as they once were. So always like was keeping that in my mind while I was making it. And what inspired me was my friend, Lauren Faree, shout out to Lauren, gave me a dream catcher for my birthday. And I just had like a deep moment with this dream catcher. I was like, dude, what is even going on in there? Like, what is a dream catcher? They catch your dreams. Like they sort bad dreams from good dreams. Like what would that look like? You know? And my instantly, my little kid brain just was like, yes, we're doing that. We're going inside the dream catcher. We're going to sort some dreams. And like, I tell you, like ever since I was little, I was obsessed with like kids writing and I've always I've always had a message like even as a kid like here's the moral of the story <laughs> and for this dream catcher idea I was like follow your dreams obviously like so I wrote this thing about how this the main character inside the dream catcher follows a nightmare because he's trying to catch it because he's trying to get it out but ultimately you know when you follow negative trains of thoughts when you follow thoughts patterns that stem from fear, a nightmare, it's not going to do anything for you. Like you can get to the end of that, that train and it's going to just be more nightmares. So really the only way to move through darkness is to allow in more light. And that's the thing with choosing love over fear is you can meet fear with love, but you can't meet fear with fear. <laughs> you can you can't meet fire with fire. You have to extinguish that with some water. So really making the movie come to life and feel like, you know, while you're watching it, you're going on the same journey as the main character who's having the who's chasing the nightmare and then the little girl who's having the nightmare in the real world was really just a metaphor for how we perceive uh, 
our dreams, how they come to be. And for me, making it was the same process of like, you know, overcoming the fears of, oh, how am I going to pay for this? How am I going to like find the right animator, the right producer? Uh, I guess like, you know, fears and like, am I good enough? And so all of that culminated into me just doing the damn thing, getting it done, funneling all, like transmuting all of that into this movie. And it ended up, you know, going on and doing really well at the festivals. And I think it's just as it's, it shows how much people like want to see movies that inspire them and don't just like take them for a ride, but they take them for a ride and they leave them feeling good and they leave them feeling like they can follow their dreams and not get distracted by nightmares, not get distracted by dark thoughts, but love the dark thoughts and choose to be, you know, aligned with the higher vibrations. So yeah, I think, you know, the world is ready for content that does more than just entertain. (laughs) And with this film, you know, I wanted to do both. I wanted to entertain people and kids and uh, not scare them, but like help them see that, you know, there's, there's a path for them that if they have the courage to make that choice, to choose love over fear, and to be able to differentiate between the two because it does it's cloudy sometimes you know then there anything is possible and and you're divinely guided and divinely supported so go after it and know that know that like love is the answer but yeah i mean i can speak to the actual like filmmaking process but that really like all of that helped me to find the right animator who his name is Andrea, and he li- he lives in Italy. He used to live in Bologna. I'm probably saying that wrong, but when I met him, he was <laughs> yeah, I don't know, uh, yeah, Bologna, <laughs> maybe. But he read the script and he was really excited about it. So we worked just remotely for almost a year animating Dreamcatcher. I mean, it probably took like six months to animate it. And then after that, it was like going through the film and rendering it and coloring it. And then it was for me, like I sort of used my film connections from Chapman to find, uh, well, I guess my film connections from Chapman and from the having worked in the industry for a while. So it was like, oh, this guy knows this guy who can do the sound design. And then this person knows this person who can do the score. And then I know this person who can help with the storyboards at the beginning. And there's like, okay, my friend's going to come in and help me with the voiceover. And then, yeah, lots of like a friend of a friend helped me get the freaking final DCP ready for the festivals. So all of this I learned on the fly because like I said, I studied screenwriting, which was a whole world of its own. Like I worked in production, but I never like fully made something from start to finish. And it is a little scary. It's a little like, what if I don't, you know, put all these pieces together in the right way. But like I said, you just, I mean, that movie, like making the movie taught me how to move through my fears and how to like fully embodied follow that dream but yeah definitely a lot of growth edges I'm excited to make another film because it's been you know 
almost three years now since since Dreamcatcher and it's time to just keep keep going with that process because seeing like as a writer when you're just writing not just writing but when you're writing a lot and Mm -hmm. it's that you know just showing scripts and shopping scripts and and like packaging things it's fun but actually making a film like seeing it on the screen and short films are great for that because it doesn't it obviously doesn't take as long to make a short film as it does to make a tv show or a feature film yeah so definitely want to make another one oh my gosh well that is so beautiful and of course again congrats on all the beautiful success that you've earned and what i just think is so amazing is it's such a simple storyline and it's just it's so powerful and also what's really interesting is i've always been curious about dreams and especially in this in the industry the spiritual industry dreams are just there is a whole other, you know, there's so many theories about dreams. So I just, Mm -hmm. I love that you, it's this perfect little slice that you made in the industry. You're like, I'm just going to put my, my spin and my love into this in a way that is so beautiful and tangible for others. It's just, it's just so amazing. And okay. I want to hear about or if you can share the other projects that you're working on and how those have come to light and really this, this spiritual growth that you've gone through when it comes to, you know, I know something I, I struggle with and I need to get better is I'm someone who's like, boom, 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 on to the next, on to the next. And it's almost, you know, I have so much divine trust, but then I don't take enough time to really sit and process and rest and then kind of up level, move on to the next. And in some way, has there been some kind of process, a divine process, divine guidance that you've experienced when it's come to working on all these projects and putting out a film and, but being able to honor it and then create even more divine work? Yeah, that, oh my gosh, it's definitely, you know, a thing for people who have a lot to give you know a lot of passion it's (laughs) you can just feel like a busy bee all the time and that's so fun though I feel you I mean it just it's so fun to feel like you're getting things done and you're ticking off those Mm -hmm. to do lists, especially when it's creative and you can feel you know the steps that you're taking solidifying into Mm -hmm. something meaningful it's amazing but I know also what you're saying about like not taking time to process and to take time to just like be in your parasympathetic nervous system and your yin energy and your feminine energy because as a woman like trying to – like not trying but like actually showing up in a very masculine environment constantly can be really draining. So yeah, I guess – so for me, I I have – about like three or four pilots that I've crafted. And so like in the film industry, the name of the game is just like writing as much as you can for writers. Like literally the the advice that I would get all the time when I was just starting out was like, just keep writing, <laughs> keep writing. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> copy that. So as you can imagine, that definitely developed this like, 
need need for speed. <laughs> like just go, 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 go. Like write something and put it down and then write something else and put it down. So <laughs> I mean, look, with, with these kinds of things, there can be an unlimited amount of time that you spend on them. <laughs> like there's no, unless someone picks it up and is like, I want to make this today. Even then I've worked on productions where people are right. Like the screenwriter is rewriting the movie while they're shooting it. There's no real like concrete, there are deadlines, but until the movie's done, really the process can go on for quite some time. So, and that's another thing about this industry is like as a spiritual person, like how can you set those boundaries for yourself and how can you navigate that without getting burnt out or getting taken advantage of? So for me, I'm actually really grateful that I've had the time to sit with my projects. Like I have to get them done. I have to get them done for the people who hired me to write them. Also so I can like pay my rent. But ultimately, like, besides that, I can process the idea and process the script and really think about how it's going to look on screen without someone being like, okay, like, you know, we're producing this next month, so we better know exactly what we're making and you better, you know, rewrite this, that, and the other thing. And I just, I'm really grateful that I've had space in my life as a young writer to develop so much on my own without having, I mean, for a while it's like, no, I'm cursed if I don't have an agent, if I don't have a producer or someone who's breathing down my neck telling me to like finish these things. But when you're, you know, when you're trying to craft something novel and you're trying to make a, make an impact for me, like I'm trying to leave our, leave audiences with, a really profound feeling of having sat and experienced a character's journey and their arc on screen in a world that feels real and feels exciting and feels like something we need more of. Like I want, I want someone to leave with like all of this moving through their being. And that's not something that you just like, okay, did it, done, putting it down. Like, it's like, you really have to be intentional. For me, like, I really have to have that time to be intentional with what I'm writing in each page, each beat. And so, like, it's exciting. It gives me the butterflies because it's like, I can just, it's like, I have this magic wand. And once it's down onto the page, and once I know that I've got it, then I can move on and and ultimately like I'm constantly doing that and moving on at the same time. I would say that it's like, it's not black and white that it's like, okay, I did this done. Okay, I did this done. And now I'm moving on to a whole new project. For me, I am, I will get really into one of my scripts and I will be working on it like, you know, for the majority of a day. And then I'll be like, okay, done everything all everything that I can do in this world with this plot I have reached my limit and now let me just jump ship hang out over here in this world for a bit whether that's working on a pitch deck or revising some pages that someone said wasn't landing for them in one of my pilots like okay let me get in there and this feels new this feels fresh like I haven't 
gone into this world for a while. So yeah, I think, you know, being fluid, having an approach that's more open and letting spirit guide you instead of just like your ego being like, you have to finish this today. You have to finish this today, which I used to do that. Like I, my roommate one time, Victoria, she was like, why don't you say like, you just will work on it today <laughs> instead of you'll finish it today. And I was like, oh my God, that's like so liberating. It takes the pressure off because there's no way I would fucking finish this anyway. Sorry, excuse my language. But like, I'm like, I'm going to finish this today. It's like a 100 page script that I'm trying to rewrite. I'm finishing it. <laughs> it's like, I was, I think like we just bully ourselves into completion sometimes. And obviously that's not sustainable. So being more, you know, more in your feminine and more like, cause obviously like we're all so trained and hardwired to be in our yang and be in our masculine that we, we won't lose that. You know, it's not going anywhere. Really the practice is okay. Drop in to a heart space embodiment and into that receptive mode where you can start to really see the full picture and then allow yourself to be guided by what is in your highest excitement. And if your highest excitement is to put down whatever you're working on and jump over to a new thing, then do that. That's amazing. That's freedom. That is like living your truth. You know, it's just living your truth in a way that's like oriented around your business and your creativity, but it's still living your truth and practicing that is really important. Oh, yes. I love that so much. And it's such a perfect dovetail into a question um, I'm just about to ask is, do you have any other, you know, these intuitive practices that help you when it comes to picking an idea or making decisions, whether it comes to people or direction, I'd love to hear your process. Yeah, I think like setting an intention for the universe on full moons, on new moons, on the equinox, you know, having that communion with with whatever, the universe, God, God consciousness, and being like, hey, for me, it was, hey, I really, I want to work with healing filmmakers, like filmmakers who are healers. Yeah. I want to do that because for me, filmmaking is is a tool for healing. It's an avenue for yeah. healing. And like I literally like said that in this year. And since I said it, like probably 2020, last year too, I have been connected to some of the most amazing people who have these stories that are healing and profound and just move me to tears so yeah I think like claiming it like shouting it from the rooftop what you want but before that it's like getting clear on what you want you know I mean if you're a spiritual person a lot of this practice is like not being attached to yeah, earthly pleasures. And it can get really weird when you start listening to Abraham Hicks and stuff because you're like, oh my God, like I have all these like rockets of desire and they're like, I'm, I don't even know what my like core desire is because I've also like 
you know, studied Buddhism and I used to be a Christian or whatever it is. It's like the only thing that matters is love and loving kindness and love thy neighbor. And it's just trippy because it's like, yes, we want to create a world that is motivated by love and compassion. And it's that is like centered in unity consciousness and mm-hmm. you don't really need to like go out of your way to reach and seek and climb ladders and do all these things that are really ego driven but at the same time to create this this reality this like new age of love an an ego is helpful cuz then you can you can claim what is rightfully yours and you can follow a path that feels like destiny. And although these are all just to me, these are aspects of understanding purpose and our dharma, having a, a core that is, okay, I'm doing this because I believe in us. Like I believe in humanity and I believe in our purpose to continue to like learn from our mistakes and be better stewards of Mama Gaia. And on top of that, like heal, to heal all of this trauma that we've created for ourselves. So like, even though what I, what we all do in this world is like, we have our ego and we create and we show up and we manifest our dreams. If your ego can be used as a tool for your heart, like for what's alive in your heart space for the world or for your family or, you know, doing it for a greater cause, that that to me is like true alignment, right? Because then you're, you're calling in something that you know in your heart is going to serve the greater good, not just your own. But, but like there's nothing wrong with that too, like because usually when you're – if you're clear and you're open, you're, what you're calling in, even if it does feel like it's just for yourself, usually that's also because you need that to be a better, you know, you need to, that to be a better light worker. So it's like potato, potato. But yeah, having a core value that seems aligned with a higher truth, I think is really helpful. I don't know if you vibe out with yes. that. <laughs> oh my God, of course. I mean, I... I deeply relate to that in terms of when you set the intention and you get so crystal clear with yourself. I think what was really interesting Mm -hmm. is I've gone through this process of, you know, I'm a very free flowing, free spirited person and I don't like being tied down. Well, not tied down. I don't like being rigid. I don't like the idea of rigidity (laughs) and it was so funny because first I would call on these intentions and I would think, oh, if, you know, I don't want to be so specific because I don't want it to be tied down. But then I realized, well, one, I had to get specific because that actually came from like confidence and knowing that whatever I desired, I would, you know, it was clear to me and it was clear to my soul and it spoke from the heart, you know, the heart space and from spirit. So I, I deeply, deeply resonate with that. And just a beautiful final question. I would love to hear 
I love how you said you are here to connect with healing filmmakers. And I just, I love that. Like filmmakers that are healers, because mm -hmm. that's one beautiful thing about being connected and, you know, having a devoted practice or whatever, you know, connects with you is we are all healers, but in our own way, you heal through yes. filmmaking and I heal through mediumship and someone heals through being a school teacher. And it's just yes. absolutely stunning. And so I would love to hear the healing you seek to do with more of your stories and more of your work and what what else do you want to start seeing in the film industry when it comes to healing and uplifting humanity with stories yes, i'm so excited about this question also just wanted to like drop this in for you that i learned recently when you're <laughs> manifesting a desire something that can be really helpful is using my soul coach and i can't well tell me this using the mantra this or something better. So you're being yes. specific, but mm. you're also leaving room for the universe to surprise you with something that you can't imagine. Love, love. Yeah, that yes. can be really nice. Okay, so wow, 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 wow. First of all, we need more female-driven stories with female filmmakers behind the scenes. Like that's obviously like – that's a different aspect of healing the society is bringing like what we were talking about earlier, bringing in the feminine, bringing in more energy that is aligned for, you know, these practices that connect us to spirit through a yin and receptive mode. And for me, like I have a project about Joan of Arc. It's a TV series pitch and pilot, and it's based on Mark Twain's novel called Personal Recollections of Joan of Arc. And she has taught me so much. Like I have been working with Joan for almost like six years and I get truly like emotional <laughs> when I talk about her because the, the type of the healing that, that Jean did that she's still not credited for, but she will be in this series is just about in the same way that Jesus showed up and held space for the collective to move through a lot of trauma and suffering of that time period. Jean of Arc came up during a crisis in her country and she allowed herself as a, as a conduit for angels, <laughs> literally like she was constantly talking with the, the council of angels that worked for God, you know, who, who were messengers of God she was declared by the country, by France, that she was a prophet and she was come of God. She even fulfilled a prophecy that Merlin set in motion like a thousand years earlier. So the kind of the kind of energy that like this series brings forward is something that I actually saw on a plaque last night at the Chinese theater, which was the lion dogs outside the Chinese theater, they're like these gods of heaven or dogs of heaven. They're like those dragon dogs. They're there to guard the sacred and to inspire righteousness. And for me, like Jean of Arc really, she really inspired that righteousness that we all need to embody, which is this like, no, we are children of God. We are stewards of this great mystery that we are standing upon, which is the earth. And we need to come together to answer this call to rise up and defend the sacred. And what that means is just honoring 
the sovereignty of each individual person in our relationship to each other and to the great beyond and not allowing for there to be this dependency, this like, like, it's like, you know, this idea, this illusion of separation and having this concept like alive in our minds is so backwards and unhealthy. And that's another, another project I'm working on is about healing the, our relationship to what is perfection and it really dissolves it's called special and it's a a kids movie where the main character is neurodivergent and so it's kind of like a jungle book forest gump animated and having a main character who is nonverbal autistic but incredibly tapped in t- tapped in turned on whatever Abraham Hicks says she he just he has a frequency and this is true for a lot of people who are on the spectrum. They have so many gifts, so much to teach us. I know you, you know this, like, and to have this idea that we're separate, that we are, that I am me and then you are you. It's like, no, you are me and I am you. And if I am going to be scared of your divine inheritance or, you know, have these judgments or these projections about your gifts, like whatever that is, because that that's not just for people on the spectrum. That's anyone everywhere is always making up conclusions and judging people. And we live in a society where that's actually nurtured online, where it's like you go online and you like someone's post. That you're practicing the muscle of judgment. It's inherent in everything we do. So a lot of these stories that like I'm working on right now allow people the space to think differently about you know, whether that's a warrior made fulfilling a prophecy in 16th century France or a neurodivergent jaguar who's trying to dissolve illusions of perfection in his in his home in the jungle. I have a million things that float around that try to <laughs> approach these concepts, but do it in a way that children or young people can can really relate to the struggle of that character because it's something that we all deal with on a day-to-day basis. Maybe, you know, not all of us know what it's like to be that person in that world, but we can understand the challenges that they face because ultimately there's so much that we still have to overcome in our, in our society to, to create that brighter future, that brighter world. And, that's the that's the healing like those are the healing stories that that I'm really motivated to to bring forth and birth into this world and yeah hopefully hopefully I'll get something out there soon <laughs> something else oh my gosh. okay Avery those stories are so stunning I'm so humbled and honored to hear those stories and Joan of Arc. I mean, that gets me excited. I'm like, ooh, I want to like tap into her energy and like see what she's like. I'm like, because I'm, this is like a whole other podcast episode, but I'm currently reading the Sophia Code. Don't yes. know if you heard of it, girl. So I'm all about these gorgeous, divine, ascended, you know, masters of Sophia Christ consciousness. And I'm like, Joan of Arc, Obvi. I know. I I talked to Kaya Ra's team about it, about my trip, because she works with Joan of Arc too. 
but yeah, she's Kyra is doing amazing things for women and for how we work with these archetypes and these ascended masters. Mm. Yeah, mm, that is so incredible. Okay. And then the 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 second story with the neurodivergent. Ah, oh, that is so healing and that is so stunning. And of course, I forgot you literally run into Lizzie all the time. <laughs> So epic, dude. Oh, she is so amazing. Okay, Avery, this has been such a beautiful conversation. And I am just, I'm feeling just so amazing. I'm feeling so uplifted and so inspired. And I can't wait to keep connecting with you more because I feel that I have so much to learn from you when it comes to really telling your story and also connecting into different beautiful vessels of storytelling. I just, I love what you're getting into. And thank you so much for being here and taking the time out of your beautiful, busy day in life. And I cannot wait to see all of your works, your more of your work in the film industry and just keep connecting. Oh, I'm reflecting literally all of that back to you. (laughs) So fun hanging out. And yes, we definitely need to do this again. And thank you so much for having me on your beautiful podcast. I'm so excited for you. You're so much ahead that you, I just, I can feel you just like brewing and calling things in. My gosh. I look forward to continuing our conversations and yeah, always here to talk shop with you whenever. And thank you again for having me. It was such an honor. Hello, you guys. Oh my gosh. Thank you so, so much for listening and being here as I show up in this way. It really, really means the world to me. If you haven't already, follow this podcast wherever you love to listen and make sure to follow me on my other platforms, Instagram and TikTok. If you leave a review and you screenshot it to me or DM it to me or email it to me, you will win a free 30-minute reading. And these readings will be capped to the first three people who leave a review of every month. I am so excited to hear how this episode resonated with you. This was such a wonderful, magical conversation, and it honestly just kept getting better and better. Make sure to follow Avery on Instagram at Avery Robinson Ruda to learn all about, again, her work, her projects, who she is, and just connect with her more. I love you all so, so much. And again, if you guys ever have any questions, email me at hello at themodernmedium.co. And when you are ready and feel called to book a full private reading with me or a full private spiritual guidance package with me, head to my website at themodernmedium.co. And again, email me with any questions at all if you're having a difficult time or if there's still some overhanging or any confusions about anything at all i am so excited to just connect with you and honestly i love talking your ear off i love getting to know you and i really really just love being there for you so again if there's anything at all just please hit me up and i love you all so deeply and i cannot wait to see you guys next time